listening to the Property Heroes podcast from Fantastic Services, the place where we talk openly with architects, developers, interior designers, coaches, and anybody who makes property sell fast in a better place. Fantastic Services is the number one place to book any kind of service there is. And we are um, happy to join, and today we're joined by Elaine Penhall, who's the owner of Lemon and Lime Interiors. Uh, Elaine, hello. It's so nice to have you on the podcast. You're the first guest on this project, actually. And I know you've written a really good book, which is about how to sell high and sell fast, which is, I guess, what most of us want to do when we're into the property business. So, Elaine, tell us a bit about um, your background and why you're writing this book. Hello. It's lovely to be here. Thank you very much for the invitation. I'm very excited to be here. And exactly as you say, I've just launched my uh, book called Sell High, Sell Fast, How to Sell Your Home in the Quickest Time Possible. Um, and and for for the for the most um, for the highest offer, and the background really to the book is that we work in what's known in the US as the home staging industry. It's something that's just coming into this country. It's very much an emerging industry, and I spend a lot of time with the people that we're helping to sell their homes, explaining to them why they need to really make the most of their presentation before they bring their property onto the market. And and of course, inevitably, we can't reach every vendor out there. And we know that a lot of the information that we talk about isn't something that they can necessarily access anywhere else. So I thought, well, let's just put down the conversation I would have with one of our clients in their kitchen. I'm going to write it all down and then it becomes accessible to a much wider audience. So that that's really why, why the book was written. Okay, so you say this is kind of a new service in the UK. I mean, we've all watched the property TV stuff where it's like, oh, home makeovers and this stuff here. And there's a couple of famous uh, famous people now on television What's like like you can watch paint dry and say like, this is how you flip your home for more and so <laughs> forth. I mean, what was your personal inspiration in, in, in property? I mean, are you an investor yourself? Are you a designer? What's your personal inspiration? Yeah, no, my personal interest, I came into it through through my investment portfolio, um, which I um, I took on in 2008 when I got four small children to feed and the property market was just, you know, awful. So I suddenly had to get my act together. It wasn't something I'd done before. The property came to me by way of um, a divorce. So I just suddenly had to learn how to manage it, rent it well, sell it well. And it seemed to me common sense, really, if you like, that Mm. decorating, making things look really nice before I was getting pushed on the market, either to let or to sell, was probably a good idea. And in fact, that proved to be the case. I mean, I know because we we speak we've spoken before, Elaine, and I, I think one of the very interesting things I find about you is, is is this thing about selling high and selling fast. I mean, you said the traditional agent um, is not necessarily they they go out and said put a price up, a standard price because like I've sold a couple of properties and I was like, oh, they put the price up and then you know you wait three months and then they go like, oh, set your price down. Um, so what? Take me through the process of like, like let's pretend I'm a client and take me through the process. Of what what happens? Like I I call uh, Elaine and says now, uh, you know, I have this property. What would be the things you're doing? Okay, so the first the first conversation that we would have on the phone is really what your what your aim is. So how quickly you're looking to get your property onto the market. Um, whether you're looking to downsize, for example, or whether you're 
um, whether you're looking for, for a relocation, whether the property is part of either a divorce or whether it's something that's come by way of a bereavement, for example, because all of those give me information about how what the property is likely to look like. I'll be asking you questions like how long have you lived in the property, for example, um, and then things about about the property. How many bedrooms do you have? How many reception rooms? Where is it located? Um, and that kind of thing. And then from there, the next step, depending on the location and depending on our diaries, because my aim is to get your property onto the market as quickly as possible, but looking amazing you don't want to wait for two or three months while I faff around with a paintbrush you know <laughs> um that that um we'll either do a video call and you'll walk me through your house um on whatsapp for example or um I'll make an appointment and come over and drink coffee with you and you'll show me around while I'm nice. while I'm there nice. and at that point we'll decide you know what's possible what your budget is and what we might be going to do to get you the best sale you possibly can. Sounds really interesting, Elaine. And, and what are some of the things you're doing? I mean, um, we have a service called After Builders Cleaning, which, which you know, to me was an eye-opener. You know, I, I didn't come from the cleaning industry or anything else, you know, 12 years ago before I started Fantastic Services. And for me, that was an eye-opening service. It's a service where, where um, they use uh, razor blades to scrape off any plastic residue that's sitting on the window. They have special tools to remove cement. They have all this sort of stuff. I mean, and I always say that it's the service that takes a, uh, a property from being a building site into being a home. You know, that's what after builders cleaning is. That's yeah. one of the services we've been specializing in. And, and, and I realize now that I'm renting or was renting a property. It's like, Oh my God, you know, there's still cement on the, on this and that. And it just, just doesn't have that feel of a home. And, and this is a very serious deep clean. They're not, they're not cheap. It's not a 30 pounds um, clean for two hours. It's, this is a proper deep after builders clean. That's one of the things that we, we do very well. What are some of the things that you would you'd recommend? Is it like, is it cleaning? Is it, what, take me through, is it painting? Is it picking color? What's the? It depends very much on the property. So we work with everything from new builds that you're describing, and we just wish that every developer would do the after build clean because sometimes you know. <laughs> Total week, but yeah, yeah. That no, really it's, it's, is quite an issue in our world. To me, and then the, then the to me it seems crazy. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like it's like yeah. it costs between between 180, 300, 400 pounds maybe, but it just makes that massive difference. You know, it's like like trust me, you, know, it, you walk in there, me, yeah. The difference it makes to 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 them at our end is if that if they haven't done it and our furniture gets gets damaged as a result, then they're paying for the furniture afterwards, <laughs> which is much more expensive than cleaning in the first place. But that's a kind of a whole other story, you know, mm. going into new build where where you know the floors aren't down, never mind the cleaning hasn't been done with the furniture. <laughs> yeah. If it's a lived-in property, so we work with everything from from new builds like that, right the way through to a property that somebody has perhaps lived in for 30 or 40 years and it can be you know huge property with lots of outbuildings you know that kind of thing and in those cases we can do pretty much anything that needs doing right from decluttering so for example in the book I take you through a process that we call address so we'll assess the property who the buyer is going to be then we'll look at whether it needs um, decluttering so and the decluttering might be a start of getting things perhaps to an auction house or to a charity or out to friends and family or simply 
packing anything that's excess ready for the move. From there, you can go on and get decorating done. So, for example, you know, where properties have perhaps been decorated back in the 80s, 90s, when heritage colours were really, really in, and even the ceilings are red, you know, (laughs) we can get all of that done so that it's in something that's a bit more fashionable, you know, kind of a neutral that's not going to offend anybody. Then we'll move on to looking at how the space is used, because I'm sure, you you know, you understand that um, when we live in a property, we don't always use the space in the way that it was perhaps designed in the first place. So an example of that might be that a spare bedroom has become a storage room or a hobby room once the kids have all moved out. But we strongly recommend if you're selling a four bedroom house, then it has four beds in four different bedrooms. Um, so you know just looking at the space and how it's used and then emphasizing those little corners of the house that are really you know the the bit that catches the sun in the evening and you Mm. might want to sit with a glass of wine and we'll we'll create those little vignettes they're called but we'll create those little vignettes to try and capture the lifestyle that somebody's coming in so so you're creating the dream of the person to buy because it's, it's like this is what i always say like, like i i walk into a lot of properties you know and i'm a, a bought a few myself and this stuff and you go like instantly you know whether you're buying it or not or or, mm. or you know whether this is an investment property or this is a property i'd want to live in i mean and, and these trends change and it's a different target market so you'd say you you're more of an expert in in understanding what it is that's going to sell because in the old days that was what the real estate even was supposed to do right that was supposed to be what they were earning the fees for but i guess that that art it's it's an art form right staging the property is an art form right because it's like you need to know what the customers are thinking you need to do this stuff i mean we do a lot of decluttering but that's mainly for people who live in the homes not for we don't do the redecoration and it seems to me like you're also placing furniture or mm-hmm. moving certain things around which which i think properties if you are thinking about it so this is a very simple question is really thinking about it What's the biggest ROI? Like, what's the biggest return on, like, let's say cleaning is 300, renting the furniture is 1,000 or whatever it is. What's the biggest and fastest return on investment that they get? What's the sort of... Um, That's an interesting question. I, sometimes people will call and they'll say, I've got a budget of X and it might be a few hundred pounds. And what do you suggest that we do? So they'll say to me, you know, how do we invest this this 500 pounds for the sake of argument to get the best ROI on our on our property? And I will then look at the property and make that judgment on that particular property. Now, very often, if they've got a relatively small budget, then it will be about cleaning. It'll be about just moving things out of sight and about cleaning. Um, If they've got a bigger budget, then it will be about making sure that the furniture is really targeted to appeal to their their buyer, to the person that we believe and their estate agent believes will be the person that comes along and buys the property. So what's selling, you know, if if you're targeting a young professional market, it might be a Scandi look, for example, and bringing in that kind of furniture. But we will also say, and sometimes I'll say, there's nothing I can do with that budget because it really, really isn't worth investing an amount of money that isn't going to make an impact on the sale. So we're always very clear as to whether there is any ROI on the budget that's available. And if there isn't, then we will say so. Yeah, no, I I can imagine that it's the same as as with this stuff. But it's like we're looking at a property 
that's 250,000 that can be increased to, to 380 by doing the right things. I mean, you know, which is some of the things I've done in my past where, mm-hmm. you know, it was just by opening up, making sure that the kitchen was, was, was in with that and made the little bar on it. And, you know, the, yeah. the investment was maybe eight, 9,000, you know, and you're talking about 120,000. So I hope you can help the guys on what that, what that's actually worth for you doing. I mean, because I think that's, that's our biggest stuff is like the fear is like, I'm going to be spending money on making money. Um, not everybody thinks like an entrepreneur, right? No. Uh, and, and in property, you know, what we are talking about, your expertise is this, right? Your expertise is, is like this stuff and seeing many properties, your expertise is like, how do I do that simpler? How do I make that, that grow, right? So I hope uh, that's some discussion where they're open for it. You sometimes have to have to do the same as that. It's going to go that. I hope they're open for those discussions because I know how much it matters. Um, but it starts with cleaning, then it's um, maybe decorating, then it's the furniture, then it's maybe doing something bigger like construction, like maybe tearing a wall down. I mean, how I, I, one of the things I always think about is, is, is kitchens, right? Because it's like, it's like you, this is a bigger investment, right? Kitchen and bathrooms, that's a bigger investment than just painting and decorating. We know that. So, so how often do you think that they, they really should change the kitchen or should they just change the color of the, of the scheme? Like, more often than not, the type of kitchens that we that we come across most often are the are the type that were put in in the in the nineties, for example, that are wooden doors, either pine wooden doors or the dark oak wooden doors. You know the sort I mean. I you know, know exactly. What you, the, you know, kind of the 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 detailing on, and those you can make a dramatic difference by by painting them, by changing the handles, and by changing a worktop. So, for example, rather than it being a formica worktop, as was originally put in with those type of kitchens, taking those off, putting in either a quartz, if budget will allow, or even an oak block worktop, Mm. painting the cabinet so that now suddenly you've got a painted kitchen and going to B&Q or whatever and buying new handles. And it makes a dramatic difference without the cost of stripping out the whole kitchen. Um, often ovens and sinks are fine. Um, we do change those occasionally, um, but we rarely change a whole kitchen before a sale because inevitably somebody going in is going to choose a kitchen. One of the things I was so surprised about, Elaine, is like we do a lot of oven cleaning. We do a lot of oven cleaning too, and also as, as part of a warranty. And I was surprised because I also didn't come from the, from the cleaning industry. And it's like, I was surprised because I was like, okay, let's test this out. Took the oven out, they unscrew the doors, put it in some kind of bath. You know, it, it boils a little bit. And then this stuff here is like, that's a new oven. Yeah. It was like, that took 30 minutes. Like, and that makes such a difference because like the, the whole feeling of that, you know, I don't want someone else's grease on the inside of the door when I'm buying oh. property, right? It's like, it's like, because we do these end of tenancy cleanings, we do these move in and move out cleaning. And I'm like, some of the simplest things, it makes such a difference. And they're like 35 pounds, you know, yeah. and, and, and that to me means, you know, uh, you know, what can it mean in, in a sale price? You know, yeah. that, that those things, like, I mean, we're talking know, about a 30, 33 pounds or a 40 pound job. How much can that make on a sales price? I mean, you know, yeah. just doing yeah. that. Yeah, just that, that difference when people yeah. Things like a, a good example of that in our world would be the grouting in a shower. So where the grouting in a shower has gone mouldy along the bottom, you know how it goes very black. Just taking that out and regrouting yeah. makes a dramatic difference because suddenly now the grout is clean and white, or you know, mm. and and it looks like a whole different shower. It's amazing. 
I mean, what's the what's the kind of worst things you've seen? I mean, I've seen some 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 properties from the seventies, some kitchens from the seventies, and like, there's no way, even with changing the handles, even changing the doors, <laughs> just <laughs> because back then the layout was different, right? I mean, yeah. What what would you? What are we looking for now? Because I remember when I was growing up, we called it the conversation kitchen, right? That was so popular. I'm, I'm from Scandinavia, right? So the conversation kitchen mm. was so popular. This is where you have the bar, you have the opening, it's half of the living room, half this stuff here. Like, what are people looking for now? I mean, what's the... I think now people are looking still primarily for for some kind of open plan living. So where they can have a kitchen with a dining table or perhaps a couple of chair, you know, a couple of um, armchairs mm. in. So if you can take out a wall, for example, you know, if you're going to do big jobs before sale, you can take out a wall to open up a space, for example. What's increasingly common, and I think particularly since people have been at home um, for much more time is people are wanting um, are wanting another room, so a separate reception room, and whether that's used during the daytime as a as a home office, for example, or whether it's used in the evening by the kids watching television. Um, but but now open plan living for the kitchen and another reception room is really key. That's that's really interesting you say that, Elaine, because I, I you know, looking and we, you know, we work with some of the largest estate rooms as well. So we've seen like people gone from a two bedroom to a three bedroom, and what they're doing on the third bedroom is they're converting into a home office. Yes. That or what they're doing now is like because we also do storage. We do this, we have a flexible storage that you can you can come and pick up. Um, they are you know we're not talking about the, the actual sale of the property, right? Which is what what you're in, but we're talking about living in it. And they've taken out that storage and said, like, let's put it somewhere else because people don't have attics anymore. They don't have basements, mm. especially not in central London where we, where, where we do the most. They've taken that out, made it into a, um, a, a third room, so to speak, and that's become a home office. So we've seen that. Um, and the stadium says, like, well, a three-bedroom sells now more easily than a two-bedroom right now. And, yeah. and it's, that's the same you've seen on, on during, during this time here, yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. People need now to understand where they're going to work and we spend a lot of time creating even in quite tiny spaces um, the ability to for people to see where they can work if they buy this house well where's my desk going to go and in many cases of course you know where's my where's my partner's desk going to go because as we all have learned to our cost you know actually you can't have two of you on the zoom call at once. <laughs> no, no, we 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 learned that the, the the same way as as I guess everybody else who's who's gonna yeah. be, all our listeners are gonna be saying the same as like well I'm 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 half my time is on Zoom and I, or on, on on video calls so it's the same like how do I do that at home, um and and so you create that dream basically like or at least the imagination of it because I said like like some people when you walk into a home you have no idea where am I gonna put what you yeah. know and 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 with smaller spaces. Um, you know, it's like I, I have been looking a lot at, at, at like Japanese ways of doing certain things with the doors um, for a smaller space. Like how do you have a folding table that at the, at the day in the living room becomes the working desk along with the other one and then folding it down again so it's gone and doesn't doesn't interfere. You know, and my wife's hobbies with the sewing also takes a lot of space. There's a lot of sewing machines around. It was like, okay, so when that's done at home now, so it's like I'm, instead of buying a new property or two more properties or this stuff here, I think we're, we are needing more space. I mean, you know, and, and we... In our removals company, we're also seeing people moving out of central London. Actually, yeah. we're seeing that happening as well. Yeah. So what? So so what? 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 I mean, if you could give one tip, like like uh, on a property, like one tip 
what would be the most important thing to do first? Like, like, like if you really don't have the budget, what would be the one tip you'd give? Like, I think the one thing that I always say to people is plan ahead. If you're going to sell your property, then plan it. Because so often in what we've been used to being able to do is to almost get up in the morning, think, oh, I think I might, I think I might call the estate agent today, call the estate agent. The estate agent pops over, takes a few photos on their, on their phone, and suddenly your property's on right move and there you go. And you've lost that chance. You know, the first two weeks on the market when you launch are absolutely key. And if you haven't got it right before that, then you know, so, so plan ahead. Do do whatever it is that you think you're going to need to do. Read the book. You know, read the book I've just written. <laughs> yeah. And what's, what's it called? What's it called again? Do you have a copy of it? Then I have actually. Yeah. Yeah. So high. So, so high. So fast. Which is best what we all want to do, right? Best possible price in the quickest possible time. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. Lynn, which is which is and what. Then, yeah. And then and then plan before you get on the market. So you'd say something like, I mean, you know, we used to pick up the estate agent first. Actually, it's, 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 you call you or let's say us and this stuff here or call you if you want the advice on how and what, you know, we can do the jobs. We're not going to give you advice on, on what to do. We will just, we'll be the, the what, we'll, we'll be the ones who does it. But to get the advice, call you um, and say like, look, before you put it on the market, you know, at least do it clean, right? Uh, because the guy's going to come up, I mean, at, at least make sure you declutter the whole thing. You can put some of it in storage already, you know, because then your space is going to be looking bigger. Because those first photos, I mean, they must matter so much, right? It's yeah. like, it's like yeah. we all know, um, you know, we all know the same. It's, it's with Airbnbs, right? We do a lot of uh, pre-planning from Airbnbs. That became a big one right now. I don't know how Airbnb is doing on, 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 on the market right now, but the whole pre-planning of Airbnb, it's like you're not looking at a cluttered space. You don't want to have a cluttered space that you're putting on the photos. It's like it's not going to sell. It's a bit like yeah. if you put your car up on this stuff and you haven't washed it, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, it's got a bit of mud and it's got a, it's got a yeah. <laughs> two coffee cups and a plastic bag from the supermarket inside the car. And it's like, here you go. At least clean it first, right? So it's the same with the house, right? So you'd yeah. say the first thing is like, don't call the estate in, call the lane, right? That's, that's kind of what they do first, right? So call them first, go in there, get the advice. And then, and then uh, what, do you have any stories that like, do you know, can you quantify like how much have you added to a property value or, you know, sell first? How much have you added? Do you think in, in your lifetime of this doing it? We had a really interesting one um, just very early part of this year. And it was a property that's been rented for probably 12 years, something like that. And the estate agent came out and valued it because the, owner at that point wasn't certain whether it was going to be sold or rented again mm. and it was valued I think at about 575,000 um, and it was very tired and so the owner called us and said look I don't know whether I'm going to sell it or not but I want to get some work done regardless and we're going to and then we'll get it revalued and then decide what we're going to do mm. so we went in we decorated we painted the kitchen in the way that I've just described changed all the worktops didn't take the kitchen out um we did take out the bath and put in a big shower, a big walk-in shower instead of the bathroom and the work probably cost in the region of 30,000. So there was significant, you know, there was some external work that needed doing as well, some repair work and mm. so on. And the same agent came back 
at the end of the work and revalued it and revalued it at 750. Wow. Now, you know, I mean, that, if you're looking at that, right? So it's a, you know, the way you should be thinking is it's a 30,000 pound investment mm -hmm. and you've added 250,000 and, mm -hmm. and you did that in what, two months. What yeah. faster yeah. return on investment can you get? There's yeah. very little you can. I mean, you know, obviously you own the property first because you can't just, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. I mean, you know, but, but also, also I think there's, there's, there's a couple of people who would buy those bad properties and then said like, like spent that 30,000 and then put it back on the market within yeah. a month or something else. Yeah. I guess that there are others snapping that up because so, everything I, uh, you know, I'm I, relatively new to the property market in, in, in my own sense. You know, I bought a couple of properties many years ago and then I sold them. I said, oh, there's no way a council flat in, 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 in Bermondsey can ever go over 250 right yeah <laughs> that, you know it's like 680 now but it's it's you know in the se1 that's like oh, there's no way so all these funny things is like well, there's no way it can go over that it's like yeah we'll get rid of it you know and i know like, <laughs> i know, you know just, property really is you know it, it, it still has always been you know just solid investment i think it may not be dramatic but generally it has crept up but um, even if it know, creeps up to 10 percent even if it only crept up to yeah. 10 percent you know over the 10 year stuff it's still better than keeping the money in the bank isn't it i mean you know it's it's, yeah. it's like yeah, exactly. you know and like the, yeah. when we saw the big crashes many years ago i mean the problem was more about people's leveraging of their their stuff that really mm. was the danger i mean and obviously i said like but it's good to have have you and and also knowing that you know i know now i'm i'm going to call you before i sell anything because it's like should i you know i've always said like should i take the take the bathtub out so you know one one property i had is like without the bathtub that's for me i'm scandinavian it's like we don't really have the same thing with bathtubs in in london oh if you don't have the bathtub it's not going to rent out it's like and I, was, I, I realized there's a lot of cultural things so also understanding that and and, and understanding your local area is so important what sells i think that to me, you know, you, you, you think that when you call these stadiums, they're going to do that. No, they come around now. They just take the photos and then they go like, oh, it's on the market, right? So it's like, there are, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say certain things about the stadiums because I guess there's all differences in every single stadium you're using. But um, Yeah, and I think as well, what's happened since the advent of um, the online agents, for example, um, then it's been because they've come in as as disrupting the market if you like very cheaply offering to sell a house very cheaply um then high street estate agents have had to compete with that to keep any business and so what they've been having to do is to cut their fees they've been um you know and and simply it doesn't stack up. You know, if you look at what an estate agent is charging, they cannot afford to spend the time no. with their vendors. If they're, if they're charging less than 1%, they simply don't have the time to spend with their vendors to explain to them or help them get a property ready to be sold. You know, and, and you know, we say to our vendors, that we strongly recommend that you really have that conversation with your estate agent and you will get like anything in life, you know, you're getting what you're paying for. If you're paying them a sensible percentage, then you can expect from them the kind of help to give you some advice or to bring in a service like ours, to bring in services like yours as well. But actually, if you're trying to pin them down to charging you the same as you would for a online agent that gets paid for listing then you know. i 
fully understand you, Elaine. And I, I think, I think it's, 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 it's an advice to everyone. Is like you, you know, you, you, you sometimes get what you pay for. And as, mm-hmm. as, as, as I understood, because I always, I, you know, I, I always thought before I, I got into this, it's like oh, well, cleaning is, is, is relatively simple and stuff. There's so many layers of it. I didn't know that. Um, and I didn't know that okay, you need to specialize stuff um, rather than just putting chemicals in an oven. And it's, it, it comes back differently because with the chemicals, okay, yeah, it gets clean, but it'll smell for three weeks. And, you know, the whole th- your whole place will smell of, of chemicals, you know, if they're, if they're doing it with chemicals. But then there's the, the hot bath thing where they do this stuff and then scrape it off with a razor plate and so forth, like the afterfield is clean. And how there's a ways of, of cleaning the fridge now without disrupting it and, and, and so forth that makes it cleaner. So you do get what you pay for. And this is, I guess, the same with everything else with builders and outside inside i mean what do you think um what do you think on the on on, on the, with regards to the layout of, of properties i mean do you think that do you think that that's do you think that that's important or do you think that that's on an advice to advice basis or like should you know because that's the big restoration work versus the interior stuff because you also talked about furniture that's what i want to know like mm. like if i'm thinking about selling should i be looking at the furniture or should I be looking at the the, the, the exterior or should I what you know because we, we understood that the first thing, is probably the first one right the, yeah probably yeah. yeah and the first thing is you know think about your your buyer's journey you know what's your buyer doing well the chances are that your buyer before they go anywhere near right move for example or one of the um, or, or an estate agent, the chances are that they've been thinking about buying a house or buying a new house for quite some time. And they've been scrolling through really beautiful images on things like Instagram, on house. They've been seeing things in magazines all over everywhere. And then and then they think, right, OK, so we've got the money now. They've perhaps got their mortgage in, you know, in principle sorted. And they think, right, OK, so now we can go house hunting. So click, right move. Oh, good Lord. (laughs) You know, you scroll down three properties in any price bracket you choose. And I challenge you to get down three properties without finding an unmade bed. just doesn't happen and then the next thing so, so and, and that that's like a service you do for 30 30 odd pounds three hours <laughs> three hours simple cleaning right <laughs> before you take the photos oh my god yeah yeah, yeah. it's like just, just at least thing. do your bed yeah, yeah. the next thing yeah. then so your buyer looks and they see your house and it's been really well you know you've really tidied up you've really made an effort so the next thing they're going to drive past they think yeah well let's check out the location is where we if it's where we think it is then it'll be great so they drive past your house and now suddenly as they drive past they find the front gate is hanging off its hinges they they look at it it's got peeling paint on the windows on the fascias on the garden hasn't been mowed in weeks you know and they think we've got to go back to the drawing board now you know and all of these things so so think about your buyer journey because all of that happens before they've even booked a viewing I mean, so so the way I'm actually thinking about it, Elaine, is like it's like um, time, right? Because like we always say in fantastic services, we're selling time, right? We're selling the time of free time and this stuff here. So I'm thinking about when I'm going and buying a property, it's like, oh, I'm going to have to do this, 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 this. And everything costs money. I mean, time costs money, but, 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 but time, is, time is money. So having done that beforehand, you know, because it's like, it's like, you know, 
you can't necessarily, you're not going to choose their furniture for them when they move in. You're not going to choose necessarily the, the whole layout and stuff. And some people will want a, what I call the builder's dream, you know, um, but they, they get snapped up so fast that on the residential market, there's no way we're going to get those. They get, you know, they're done at auctions and everything else. And so really taking care of that. So little things like, I mean, a gate, fixing a gate doesn't cost much, right? You call a handyman. It's not much. Mowing a lawn is like 36 pounds. Book it online. You know, that's the website. You know, it costs so little to do yeah. the stuff, clear the weeds out, get this stuff in and bam, you know, for a couple of hundred pounds, you can add tens of thousands of pounds on it so easily. Well, the difference is it's not even what we talk about. You know, it's not even about adding the value to it. It's getting the sale at all. You know, because wow. sometimes, you know, if your if your gate's hanging off, your lawn's unmowed, you're then out of a hundred buyers for whom your house might be perfect, mm. there's only perhaps six of them that would take on a house that looks like that. And out of those six, every single one of them is going to make you a low offer because there's so much work that needs doing. So and, you know, if it may be that five of those six can't even be bothered to make you a low offer, they're not really interested because exactly as you say, it's going to take them time mm. to fix it. You've now got one buyer out of 100 that's going to come along, make you a really low offer, and you're going to take it or turn it down. So you've either got a very low offer or you've got a house that's stuck on the market. So it's not even about putting the value on. It's getting your sale at all. Wow. And, and that's what you said about the selling fast because you, 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 you very clearly, it's a bit like launching podcasts or, or doing other things. And it's like, it's like if something has been on the site for forever, you know, you know, the conversion goes down and down and down. I mean, like, I'm not going to look at, Oh, it's been there for three months. I look at the newest listings. Right. So, so you're saying the first two weeks is the most crucial one. And, and if you don't get it right in those two weeks, it's like, well, you know, take it off and leave it for two years before, you know, it's like it really only those two weeks where it matters, right? So, so you're saying that it's not that, and it's not the timing about the seasonality, right? It's not like whether you're selling in January and this stuff here. It's about the first two weeks. Do, does seasonality come into play or is it? Um, less than it used to. They, we used to have in this country, there used to be a very seasonal market. So spring was really good. So from March through until about June, until the kids broke up from school, those were your key months. And everybody wanted to be on the market in, in, at that time of year. Yeah. That's flattened off dramatically, I think, over the last two or three years. Um, and now we see, you know, for example, the highest spike on Rightmove viewings on for um, looking on Rightmove on the website is Boxing Day right now because everybody is at okay. home. And then that, that's when people start to think about perhaps moving house when they perhaps wouldn't have done traditionally. Mm. I think there's, while people have, were at home during the lockdown period, during the first lockdown period, um, then there was, there was a massive spike on right move. Um, so that three, 400% of people more, more viewings on right move than there had been previously, which of course then did um, did convert into a this kind of mini boom that we've seen since things opened up again, um, and is only now beginning to slow down as we go into the into the kind of back end of the year, and the and the uncertainty creeps in as to as to what's going to happen next. 
The, that's so funny because it matches our removals bookings. You know, you got like three months after that, bam, yeah. the movie yeah. books. I mean, that, that's that's also, but it's not. Um, but but valuation wise, because it's like one thing is, is is the volume, the other thing is the value, right? Because it's like we all know that that the value is like so. It's not. It's not like you know you do the Boxing Day. We all know Boxing Day is also the biggest online shopping day for everything, right? Like 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 that's the biggest. You know, it's it's, it's better than Black Friday. You know, and uh, I've worked in, in in online retail for a long time, and it's like Boxing Day was like bam. It was like you didn't buy Christmas present, you're buying Boxing Day, bam. You know, the day after, it's like yeah, you you got it. Yeah. Uh, people at home, they they got the time off. What about value? I mean, because that's that's volume. What about value? The 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 price of the, the properties because. I mean, what we're seeing now, like if you look at the news just right now, the price is relatively, it's, it's going up, it's steady. It's, it's like, you know, but, but also from, from what we hear from our stadiums, it's like they're busy, you know, and, and they're busy, not, not only doing weird viewings, they're also busy getting contracts in. Yeah, and I think that, that has absolutely been the case since the market opened up again um, in May. And I think the question around value is very much related to where the property tent, where the property is. And I think there've been pockets where value has gone up quite quickly and pockets where actually it's really leveled off and it's been harder to get the um, harder to get the sales. So the exodus of people from, from the cities, for example, yeah. wanting more space around them, wanting bigger properties. On, on the flip side of that, the kind of properties that we deal a lot with, kind of country properties, big country properties, which have perhaps been a much harder sell over the last, um, you know, for the last five or six years, they really haven't been fashionable. New property has really come into its own over the last few years. Suddenly this year, everything that was, yeah. <laughs> Unsellable almost, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was almost unsellable because it's, um, you know, it's not very convenient. It might not have a great EPC, for example. It might be um, not easy to eat. All of those things. People don't care. It's got space. You can have two or three offices. The kids can play in a room and, and you can't hear them when you're on a Zoom call. You know, all of those things. They've got space around them and those have sold and gone up in value. And then a big question, which I don't know if you can answer, but a big, big um, uh, final question is, like, I don't know if you can answer it. It's like, um, you know, we all talk about the new normal in this of here. You know, uh, I for one think this is here to stay. What, what, what's your view on that? Do you think that's, that mentality is here to stay? I mean, I was like, I'm loving not being straight bang in zone one middle central London anymore. You know, I'm loving that because then suddenly I've got garden space and this stuff here. Do you think that that's here to stay? Or do you think that, you know, it's, it's through generations because our parents moved out, then we moved in and, you know, what, what's your, you know, I don't know if you can answer that, but what's your sort of, <laughs> what's my, yeah. what's my guess? My best guess, I think. Yeah, yeah. So it's really I is a guess like everything else, but do you think that it's our mentality on that is? Yeah, it's like anything, but obviously, you know, probably like you, we read what all the, what the commentary is around it. And we talk to an awful lot of people, both agents and vendors in different parts of the country because we cover a national remit. So we'll, we talk to people all over the place. And I think that, 
what will happen is that there will be whatever happens in the next few months, there will be more people wanting to work from home. There will be more people realizing. And I think it goes back to the whole climate change thing as well. You know, it's much more sustainable. Um, people working from home, people have realized that they don't have to get on a get on a plane to go and do face-to-face -face meetings, that we we've got used to this. And, and so I think that will impact how we live, how we work, and will then impact the type of properties that people are looking for going forwards. And I think potentially the spread of wealth in property will become a little bit more even. We'd seen that whole thing, you know, where London and the South, there was this massive concentration around property value with the, the, the kind of Midlands and North really missing out on that and I think now people are, are realizing that they can live in North Yorkshire they can live in Northumberland and still have a very good job down in 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 London for example or in one of the one of the more northerly cities uh, because they can work from home they can connect with with their clients all over the world I I think you're right I mean it's a really hard question to answer because we don't know what's going to happen next you know but it's 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 I think that acceptance of like how we're doing this interview now, like how we're talking to each other, I think that acceptance is there. I think it's very big. Elaine, show us your book again, um, you know, because I, I, I think I think it's worth it's worth it's worth reading this book. You know, I've only been through it uh, half. I haven't read all of it, but I'm definitely going to finish finish the book because I only got it two days ago. So I'm definitely going to finish it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I'm, I haven't had time. It just arrived in time, but. I, I, I flicked through it and there's so many practical advice. The address stuff is so practical. It's always, uh, Elaine, how is the best way for people to get in touch with you um, after this? Because I, I mean, you know, it's like if I'm on, if I'm on selling, you know, that, that's what I'm going to do. Elaine, where's the, where's, what's the, what's the best way to get in touch with you? How do they follow you? And so the best way to get directly in touch is through the website, which is lemonandlimeinteriors.co.uk. On there, we've got all our um, all our links through to all our social media. We're on all the all the platforms, um, and the book is there on Amazon. So you just put in "sell high, sell fast," and up it pops in Kindle and in paperback. Well, thank you so much, Elaine. I mean, you know, the guys, um, I'd say like this has been very interesting, and I'm, I, I would actually love to do much more with Elaine and, and hear more about it and. And, and look at some of the properties and so forth. So we will try and put some more content on here um, and get some more details on it uh, because I think it's been fascinating, Elaine. And there's so much stuff that can be done, not just for the value of the property. To summarize it, it's like it starts with everything from just start with a simple decluttering. Clean the oven, clean this stuff. If you can't do it, you know where to book it, right? It's right there on the wall, but it's also the same as like, and then if you need the bigger advice of how to really do it, if, if it's like layouts, because we don't always know about color codes. We don't know about what should, what color should be on the wall. You know, it's a lane you talk to, um, you know, it's like, should I take the carpets out? Should I not take the carpets out? Should I clean the carpets? I mean, you know, I would always advertise for the, the basic simple stuff one one deep clean one decluttering at least before you get the photos up please don't go straight out get the photos up there because as elaine has explained so well it's like the first two weeks matter so much right and 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 and, and after that you it's just there it's stale right so it's like the first two weeks on the property is like that's new i'm looking at it it also appears higher up as i understand so there's all these things that happens on the website elaine knows much more about this than i do um, and i think it's worth going through the book um, it's such a small investment going through the book and then as I said like one simple clean it's such a small investment and then actually think about that what can you do on top of that 
right? Because there's so much more. So thank you so much for, for, for joining Elaine. And I, I, I hope we'll speak again because it's been really interesting and there's so much we could talk about. You know, I'd love to go through like what type of, of bedrooms are now important, what type of kitchens, what type of bathrooms, like should it be spa, should it be not? We can go through all this stuff here, but you can also just go and contact Elaine and, and have a talk about that. And it's like, what sells best now? What's the best way to do it and as elaine says like what we all want to do is sell high and sell fast not to discount our property but we want to get the most out of it um with a good return on investment we also don't want to sit on it forever if we're deciding to sell let's sell it now let's get it up there get it up in the market sell it high and sell it fast so thank you so much for coming on elaine it's been really educational and i'd love to spend more hours and going through some of the portfolio and swing with so thank you very much it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And hopefully we'll, we will talk again very soon. Yes.